Don't sleep on me. Stop sleeping on me. Stop sleeping on me. Stop sleeping on me. Don't sleep on me. Stop sleeping on me. Stop sleeping on me. Stop sleeping on me. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. It is a Wednesday episode, and we are back to our regularly scheduled programming as yesterday's show while it was at four o'clock like it usually is we talked about some breaking news with gronk rob gronkowski retiring from the box and what that means for the offense and for the tight end room but today we're going to go back to the discussion of sleepers on the bucks coming into training camp and we will be talking about the defensive side of the ball defense wins championships it's scott reynolds favorite side of uh the three phases of the game offense defense and special teams and of course sr is on the show with me today scott reynolds i'm your host matt matera did that a little bit backwards but that's fine because we're going to kick it into full gear right now that's right. Scott, how are you today i'm energized by celsius and so is this podcast so um uh i, I rocked uh the orange earlier today Let's see if i have an orange can i, I have a new flavor i got these which is what Sparkling cucumber lime, Ooh, at least a new a flavor one. for myself. I'm very excited yeah. to uh, to get cracking with that. Yeah, yeah that, that's a fantastic flavor. It really is. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm an orange guy myself. I also like the, um, uh, the the sparkling cucumber lime. We'll get into Celsius promos in just a bit. Uh, but Matt, uh, we do have uh, a little bit of of news today. Another Buccaneer leaving the team. Uh, not Rob Gronkowski. He left yesterday, but. Um, one of the specialists, and this really isn't too much of a surprise. Yeah, so a little bit of house cleaning. Uh, the reports came out earlier today, and I believe the Bucks just tweeted it just right when uh, this show got going. But the Bucks have released punter Bradley Pinion. Pinion's been here for the last couple of seasons, won a Super Bowl with the Bucks in 2020. Doesn't come as a surprise at all, given the fact that the Bucks drafted punter Jake Camarda out of yeah. Georgia in the right. fourth round of this year's draft. And Camarda... Can do everything that the Bucs are asking for. Obviously, punt, but he can also do kickoffs, which is held in very high regard for yeah. the Bucs coaching staff and um, can hold the snap on, on field goals as well. So when that draft pick came through, it seemed like it was the end for Bradley Pinion. And Bradley right. Pinion, great guy. Definitely wish him all the best, and hopefully he signs with another team. He did struggle towards the end to his... Uh, to his defense, I guess, if people want to go to bat for Bradley Pinion, he was going through a, a hip injury yeah, that um, co- cost him a couple of games and probably wasn't 100% towards the end of the season. But nonetheless, the Bucks are moving on from Bradley Pinion and Jake Camardo, the rookie out of Georgia, is your new punter for the 2022 season for the yeah. Bucks. He'll be the new punter. He'll be the new kickoff guy, the new holder, as you said, Matt. Uh, they, they really like what this guy could do. We saw a little glimpse of what he could do during the OTAs, the rookie minicamp, all that stuff. And he, he's got a legit leg, man. Uh, he can drive it for distance. He's a great placement guy. And so, you know, some of you might be wondering, well, why did they wait so long to release Bradley Pinion? Well, um, the thing is, is he was injured and he couldn't pass a physical. So, uh, the Buccaneers had to wait until he could pass a physical to officially release him. Now, why is that? Because if you release a player who's injured, hey, Danny, how you doing? Appreciate Danny. you making the live show. Um, but if you release a player prior to uh, Scott Federico, I, you know, I, I do feel like this is we're on the verge of probably having the best podcast ever. 
today. Absolutely. And our fans so, and everyone watching and joining in the chat are a huge reason for it. There's no doubt. It's audience participation. It's not just Matt and I, folks. It's all you pewter people out there. We love you guys. Thanks for all of the, the comments, the attendance, the likes, the thumbs up, the subscriptions, the, the uh, super chats, everything you guys do make this podcast possible. Um, but I think getting back to my point about opinion, yes, Emily hit that that uh, uh, that, that like, like button, button, that thumbs up button. We really, we'd really appreciate that. Um, but when it comes to Pinion, he had to pass the physical because if you release a player who can't pass the physical, uh, then then they can file an injury grievance against you, and uh, and that's not nice because really what you're doing is you, if you waive a, a player injured, then you have to come to an injury settlement with the player, and uh, the Buccaneers don't want to pay Bradley Pinion any more than they did last year. So instead of doing that, they just waited, you know, and at the same time too, they, they know they're moving on with Jake Camarda and they didn't want to necessarily bring Bradley Pinion into camp for some faux, some phony training camp competition. They're just simply moving on. And by releasing Pinion now, especially since he has passed a physical, he has enough time to latch on with another team. Hopefully that, that hip injury has healed up significantly uh, to the point where he can go out there and compete for the job, not just pass a physical, but compete for a job elsewhere. So Bradley Pinion, definitely a serviceable guy uh, for, for many years with the Buccaneers. Um, and, and it's just a situation where he uh, uh, was costing a little too much as a veteran. They went with the younger leg and, and they have it with uh, Jake Camarda. Yeah. If you go back to our Bucks battle plans, I think uh, a majority of us, cut Bradley Pinion in when we're you know, deciding who to cut, who to keep, what free agents we want to sign. I know I cut Bradley Pinion in my Bucks battle plan. And a I lot of everybody was, did. <laughs> yeah. And it's no, it's no disrespect yeah. to him, but yeah, for the, for the money that the Bucks are paying him, that now clears some room to start signing, you know, the, uh, some of the rook. I, I know they signed most of their rookies or agreed to contracts, yeah. but it gives them a little more room to, if they want to sign a, a veteran tight end, like we yeah. talked about a lot, on yesterday's show and Kamara right. is just a cheaper offense. That'll probably give similar, if not better production. Yeah. They still have to sign Logan Hall. The, the, um, yes. uh, the, the second round, I should say that their first pick, the second first round pick of the second round. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've got to sign him as well. So, so the, there's uh, a little bit of, of room that's going to be used for that as well. Um, you know, I, I think that having a rookie punter is a tremendous value. I and mean, there's just no doubt about it. Having a, a rookie starter on a rookie contract is, is what you want. And that's what they're going to get with Camarda. And, and hopefully he'll be better than the last specialist that Jason Light drafted. Of course, Roberto Aguayo back in 2016. Uh, I feel better about this selection, especially him being a fourth round pick rather than a second round pick. But, um, you know, there's no way around it. He's a starter. And to draft a starter at any position in the fourth round is good, and it represents good value. And another thing that represents good value, folks, is Celsius. Oh, Why? Yeah. Because this is the type of energy drink that uh, gives you what you want, which is the energy boost that you might need uh, early in the morning to get your, your day started. Or it might help power your workout, which I'm going to be working out today after the podcast before the, the lightning try to tie this series up. And with Celsius, it gives you the essential energy to live fit. And it has seven essential vitamins, too. It's the healthiest and best-tasting energy drink around. Arctic Vibe is one of the, the newest flavors. 
tropical vibe, uh, peach vibe. I love all of them. They're all three tremendous flavors. And, um, and, and that's not the only flavors they have, folks. They have a slew of flavors. Uh, some of them are not even listed here, but you have uh, watermelon, which is Ashley's favorite. You've got orange, which is my favorite. Uh, Fuji apple pear is another top five uh, selection for mine. If you like the sweeter flavors, the wild berry, the kiwi guava, the strawberry uh, guava, those are tremendous flavors. And if you don't like the sweetness that you might like in some of those fruity drinks, well, the drink that Matt was talking about, which is the sparkling cucumber lime, that's a fantastic, balanced, great tasting energy drink. And then also, too, as I've mentioned before, the cola flavor. Boy, if you like cola, uh, and I'm not going to name any name brands, but this right here is legit. There's no sugar in Celsius. That means there's no sugar crash later. So you get all the energy and all the taste without the sugar crash. So you're probably thinking, how in the world, Scott, can I get my hands on a Celsius? Go click on those banner ads, those Celsius banners on pewterreport.com. Better yet, go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator, type in your address, find the locations around you, whether it's a convenience store, a bodega, as Matt would say, <laughs> um, a health and nutrition store, or a grocery store. And, and then grab a couple cans, try some flavors, or maybe go on Amazon.com and try the variety pack there. Then once you find the flavors that you like, use the subscribe and save option and, and on, on Amazon, and they'll ship them right to your door. So tremendous value for the energy boost that you get, the healthy, essential vitamins that you're going to find in every can of Celsius. And shout out to all of our fans that send us uh, photos of, of the Celsius that they're drinking. Um, Got to give a, a shout out to our guy, Leighton Carter, who took your advice, Scott, right. and yeah. and had the, the cola-flavored Celsius, and he absolutely loved it. He said, Scott, you were right. So, uh, yeah, Adam Davies, you're another guy that's always talking about how much yeah. you enjoy Celsius. So we appreciate all of you that are yeah. talking about it, hyping it up, and, right. and posting pictures of it, too. So. And I... I, I Appreciate Adam correcting me. Matt Gay was the last kicker. He was only here for a year. I guess Roberto yeah. Aguayo was too. Maybe I'm just scarred from Aguayo. That's why <laughs> I have him on the brain. But yes, Jason Light has drafted three specialists now. Two, not so great. But hey, third uh, time's a charm. Third time is a charm. Exactly. And yes, uh, Cali Bucks, go Bolts. Uh, we're all about the Bolts uh, tonight. Hopefully they can get it done against um, uh, a very good, uh, formidable opponent in the Colorado Avalanche. So um, we're going to be talking today about Bucks Camp Sleepers, and we have a special guest on the show today. Uh, we haven't seen him in a while. J.C. Allen has time to join us today, and so we're going to bring J.C. aboard. Uh, J.C., how you doing, man? Doing great, guys. I missed you. Like I haven't seen you in person since, like, you know, what has it been, two weeks now? since I haven't been yeah. on the pod for a while. I've been so busy yeah. uh, with other obligations and stuff, but I'm excited to be on here talking this defensive sleepers edition podcast too i've got some good names down here to add to some of yours Great. i'm sure you guys have on the list so excited to be here excited to connect with the with the people with the with the subscribers down there and uh let's let's rock and roll let's do, do you, it do you do you want to take a brief moment to vent about gronk given your <sighs> you know <laughs> i put it on my tweet yesterday 41 days he announced his time in exactly 41 days <laughs> Before August 1st, right? And we know training camp probably starts like the 27th, yeah. I think it is. But that's like on a Thursday. Yeah. So, hey, you know, maybe he's like, I'll come for the first 
first day of the, uh, you know, first week, official week of training camp. Who knows? I'm not holding out hope. You heard Drew Rosenhaus say if he, if Brady calls him, he'll probably answer the call. But it's yeah, it's bittersweet. It's a huge hole to fill, not just as a as a weapon in the offensive game, but as a blocker. I mean, yeah, we'll see what Cade can do. We know what Keith can uh, Keith can do at a college level, um, but they have to bring in a guy who can who can act as a replacement. And less so as a receiver, more so as a blocker. But someone who has those skills as well. You guys listed a bunch of great names yesterday. I, and I put in the group. I think Blake Jarwin, for me, is the guy. If you look at Jared Cook, yeah, veteran of the game. has He's been, just a receiver. That's really what he is. He's just abysmal at blocking the last Just a glorified years. receiver. Yeah, Jimmy Graham, same thing. Eric Ebron, Stonehands. He, he had his best blocking season last year, I believe, according to PFF. This is the one or two years he was re- ranked really high and then even Kyle Rudolph you know fell off a little bit Blake Jarwin's been consistent when asked to do it not asked a ton but still has over 73 percent gro- blocking grade from PFF he's 27 yeah. years old he's not going to cost much I did see another option that was that was floated out there mm-hmm. a trade for Dalton Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys mm-hmm. would be interesting because you know he's got he's a good blocker good receiver on the franchise tag with the Cowboys right now Probably cost like a mid-round pick. They did trade a mid-round pick, though, to get right. Ty McCollum. But I don't know. It's going to be easy. It's, I mean, it's going to be interesting, and it's not going to be easy, rather, to replace Bronk in this offense. No yeah, doubt. He's retired. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the thing, too, is Matt and I talked about it yesterday a little bit on the podcast. I mean, Gronk is such a practical joker that <laughs> that that if, if this is any other player, I'm taking him at their word. I mean, I even took Tom Brady at his word. But, yes, I, I could see – 41 days, you know, Gronk being like, ha, 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 look, I, I did a Tom Brady. I've yes. you guys. I could totally see him do that, you know. No other player out there I, right. I agree, would I would be shocked if he didn't do that. Like, yeah. Pull the Tom Brady, I'm back. Well, it, and, and I could see it be. Com- about it too, I yeah. think. Yeah, I could see it be in complete Gronk fashion to just not even tell anybody and just show up to training camp practice and just walk in the locker room, you know, and like once the players have already taken the field, like Gronk just puts on his uniform, just comes running out. Like I could totally see that happening. That would just be the, sign it right. Sign the contract right before he runs out. There. Exactly. Yeah. He just, he just like texts Greenberg, you know, and just says, you know, Hey, I'm ready. Let's do this. You know, don't tell anybody, don't, don't tell anybody like, come on up and let's do this real quick. And I'm gonna hit the field. I could totally see that happening. Um, this, this, there's gonna be there's gonna be one guy though that the Bucks just signed like the day before to fill out the whole roster. Right. Like, <laughs> hey man, uh, so Rob said he's coming back. So yeah, uh, exactly. appreciate you coming out, but yeah, it's Gronk. Well, I mean, just like from a numbers sake, it's like you know Cody McElroy probably you know would would be like sorry Cody. We're in, we're he's like, all right, I'm uh, taking part of training camp this year. All right, I'm going to take up basketball again now. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Cody, anyways. Let's, let's just look at it. They bring a veteran in. I think they keep four tight ends this year, and Co'Keefe is yeah. probably going to be one of them. Yep. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, uh, I'm excited to see what Co'Keefe can do. And Kate Otten. I think both those he's guys. a lot of balls, too. Who? Keith, he was catching them like yeah. like crazy. In, he caught uh, some during during the OTAs in the yeah. camp. Yeah, he did one from Brady too. So he's already got that connection. I already pulled him. Not <laughs> the Pro Bowl <laughs> on him already through the roof. You, you flipped the switch from from Gronk to to Keith. I love it. You're uh, you're like yesterday's news, Gronk. It's like I'm on the Keith bandwagon now. So <laughs> I've got a special spot in my heart for Gronk. I know always. you always will. There's no doubt about yeah. it. 
know. Yeah. Well, listen, um, uh, as Matt Matera so aptly said, uh, we're going to be talking some defensive sleepers today. And uh, is my mic sound funny today? Is there it like did a little bit. Echo? Okay. It, not really an echo, but it just sounded like different. Like I can still little... hear you fine. but Yeah. The first time I've noticed this, so I'll, I'll try to fix it for the next podcast I'm on. But we're going to roll with it right now. Sounds a lot better than it did last year at this time. <laughs> did it? Your oh, voice? because I yes. couldn't talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah agreed, agreed. I'd have to, I'd have to talk like this when I was yeah. here. You know, I mean, it was it was awful. So if you're new to the podcast, I lost my voice last summer for like two months. It was bad, and and it lingered on throughout most of the of the year. So let's talk about some defensive sleepers here. Let's start with a guy that I featured in my SRS Fab Five. That is just it's a kind of a crazy story. I've I've asked Todd Bowles about it um, in, in a press conference. I had a quick little interview with Elijah Ponder. Uh, let's talk about Elijah Ponder. This is this is what Elijah Ponder looks like for you guys that uh, aren't familiar with the undrafted rookie from Cincinnati last year that spent most of the year on the practice squad. He is a svelte, six foot three ish, uh, two hundred and forty pound outside linebacker. And this was him uh, roughly a year ago, um, a little bit more than a year ago, in college playing three technique defensive tackle That's for the university of cincinnati uh 275 pounds back then and now <laughs> i mean he's lost 35 pounds he's attempting to play a brand new position he was a three tech a very quick undersized guy with his frame didn't really have much uh, ability to put on you know to get to two you know, 90, 300 pounds in the NFL just, did, just didn't have the frame to really do that, the body composition. But uh, the Bucks love his hustle. They love his physical play. They love his quickness. And so he's going to get a, a second year's shot at uh, as, as an outside linebacker. And the competition this year kind of favors Elijah Ponder a little bit because you remember last year, this team had Jason Pierre-Paul as the starter along with Shaq Barrett. And then you had Joe Tryon Shoinka, who was the the rookie first round pick. Then you had Anthony Nelson. That was kind of like four guys right there that you knew were going to make the team. Then Cam Gill makes the team as that fifth outside linebacker because of a special teams prowess. And the team liked how he developed as kind of a quick, undersized pass rusher off the edge. And now without JPP in the mix, right? Uh, if they're going to keep at least four. And obviously, JTS, Shaq Barrett, and Anthony Nelson, those three are locks. But guys, Elijah Ponder is going to be going head-to-head with Cam Gill, and it's going to come down to special teams, but also how they they perform on the field. And you know, he had a, a, a reasonable uh, preseason last year, had, I think, four tackles, recovered a fumble, and some limited playing time. But But even last year, he was about 252 during the preseason. So he's dropped 12 pounds from then. He feels faster and quicker and has a much better understanding of how to play outside linebacker from a two-point stance rushing off the edge. But what are your thoughts on, on you know, Cam Gill, who had a sack and a half last year, kind of took some steps forward as a situational pass rusher? Yeah. Going up against a guy like Elijah Ponder for maybe the the fourth and final spot. Maybe they'll keep five outside linebackers again. So of of all the the players that we're going to talk about today in terms of the Buccaneers sleepers, I would probably put Elijah Ponder as the player that is most likely to make this roster out of the sleepers we'll be talking about. 
I always liked Cam Gill, Cam the Thrill Gill that I keep calling him. Hasn't yeah. really caught on as a nickname yet. But he's most suited for the situational pass rusher. Get him in the game late. Only has 10 pass, you know, 10 snaps per game on, yeah. on the pass rush. You know he's quick, but that's about it when, when it comes to, to Cam Gill. He, he's he's undersized, so he's not really going to beat yeah. you with, with too many different moves. And ponder why... I, I don't want to give them the leg up yet because we haven't even seen them go in, in full pads for training camp. But the commitment just to lose all of that weight to play a new position, and I understand you're moving from the defensive line to outside linebacker, but you know he's already going to have the physicality, the, the the nastiness, the toughness that comes with being an interior defensive lineman. And when yeah. you show a commitment like that, especially the Bucks coaching staff, They'll give you that, you know, they'll give you that respect back where they're going to give him as many possible looks to, to make this team. And with JPP not on the roster this year, everyone either moves up or down a peg based on where you already were on the depth chart. And while yeah. Gil was the guy making it uh, as the fifth outside linebacker last year, right? if they're looking for an outside linebacker that we kind of want to play a little bit more like Anthony Nelson got to do as as the fourth string outside linebacker, then you might lean more towards Ponder, who's going to give you more snaps and brings a little bit more to his game than someone like Gilwood, who's just there for speed. And yeah, that's helpful with special teams, yeah. but we're talking about significant snaps. Even as a fourth outside linebacker, Ponder, right. given his, you know, he's fairly quick too, given what yeah. else he can do. I think it. I think it's very advantageous for him. Yeah. JC, before I get to you and your thoughts on this, this is what Todd Bowles had to say, and I'm quoting from my SR's Fab Five column from um, last Friday where I talk about these sleepers. This is what Todd uh, said. He says, well, you can see the work in his body transformation. He puts in a lot of work here. Obviously, it means a lot to him. He's here every day. He's doing all the right things. Come training camp, we're looking for a lot to see from him in the preseason. We're excited about him. And the, the one thing, too, that's new for him, certainly coming – from college as a three tech is is dropping into coverage. That's that's something new and foreign. And he spent some time this offseason really working on his drops. He said he told me he wants a sack really bad in the preseason, but matter of fact, he wants to lead the room in sacks. But <laughs> he he wants to get an interception. I mean that that's what it, what every one of those front seven guys want to do is sacks are great. That's what their job is is you know is um, uh, comprises. But th they want to get their hands on an interception. So what are your thoughts on on Ponder? Yeah, Ponder is very intriguing. It's one of those things where we really don't know until the pads come on, right? And Bowles talked about that ad nauseum during, uh, you know, mini camps and the OTAs. Is we we don't know anything until we see these guys in pads, and you know, the body transformation is absolutely a huge part of that because last year he was in the process of. Be you know, learning a new position while yeah. losing the weight to play the position. So now right. that he's in there, uh, he's dialed in the playbook a little bit more. That gives him a leg up. One of the biggest things that, and you alluded to as well, is with having a smaller room is injuries. Last year, Cam Gill was injured almost all of training camp. That's a good point. Uh, and then placed on injured reserve. So, I mean, if there's an injury that opens up, hopefully not, knock on wood. Right. That would give him even more of a look and maybe even more advantage, just put him in a more advantageous position to go out yeah. there and get some extra reps. He's going to be going against some some competition, though. It's not just him and Cam Gill. I mean, remember the Bucks drafted Andre Anthony in the seventh round, yeah. a linebacker from USC with a lot of speed, too, if he's fully yeah, Actually, LSU. LSU, that's right. Yeah. Uh, LSU. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's a couple of young guys on the roster with yeah. Jojo Zuwugu. 
um, and also Jordan Young, but they didn't really yeah. show anything to me. So I agree. He's got. And, you know, honestly, I'm not that. I'm not that high on Anthony. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just not. Yeah. So, so Anthony was. I don't know if he necessarily counts as like a, a sleeper for defense because he's part of like the new draft class. So yeah. people have heard. Yeah, yeah. Him. Well, he's he's a seventh rounder. He counts. Yeah. 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 In the seventh round, I, I think that counts, and I think he sort of falls into the similar category of Cam Gill, where he had speed coming off the edge. He obviously had a. a bad injury his last year at LSU and that cost him to only play three games he was getting to the quarterback a little bit though in 2020 in eight games he had five and a half sacks in 2021 mm-hmm. he had three and a half sacks in three games now granted yeah. two and a half of those sacks were against a, a very inferior opponent where it's almost kind of like expected but if he yeah. could get back to 100 percent add a little bit of uh, a pass rushing move with that speed I'm not certainly yeah. I, I would put him in third place if we're talking about those three outside linebackers that we just discussed. I would put him at the bottom of the, of the list at mm-hmm. the moment. But again, that's why you go out and play and you see what you right. go from there. And, yeah, and I, if- I, I think too, you guys, and let me get your, your opinion on this as well. Uh, Walker says, uh, and, and if we're all in this year, why not sign Justin Houston and release Ponder? Well, that very well could be an option, but I, I think what they're looking for is they're going to give their guys a look in training camp. And because Justin Houston, he knows how to rush the passer. He's played in a 3-4 scheme whatsoever, whether it's him or some of the other outside linebackers that are still on the street. Remember, Jason Light claimed uh, Jackie Smith off waivers in 2014, and he played that week against the Saints, right? (laughs) Same with Carl Nassib in 2018. He claimed him off waivers. And this is, you know, during final roster cuts, right? A week before the season started and NASA played in week one. So if you're a veteran pass rusher, you can come in and not have training camp or the preseason and still be a factor. Both of those guys, Smith and and NASA were factors. But I think what they want to do is see if some of these homegrown guys can really develop into something, right? Because, I mean, Shaq Barrett, even though it wasn't in Tampa, was an undrafted free agent that didn't come out of Colorado State with a bunch of acclaim. No. But he made the Broncos, hung around, got better. You know, when, you, when, when you've got Von Miller to set the example, <laughs> right, and you've got right. the ability that Shaq does, then all of a sudden, you know, that, that, that's a guy that that came to Tampa and got 19 and a half sacks. And so I'm not saying Ponder or Gill um, or any of the younger guys, Andre Anthony, is, is going to be the next Shaq Barrett, but I can't say that they're not either. And I think that's what they want to see in training camp. See how these guys do. Because if you bring in a veteran, right, a Justin Houston or another pass rusher that's that's going to be new, they're going to be stealing reps from the young guys. And that's just less opportunity. That's less opportunity in the preseason to show what you can do, less opportunity in camp. And I just think that with Jason's track record, if if Ponder or Gill or, or some of the younger guys we've mentioned, if they don't step up and look like they can really lock down and solidify that, that fourth outside linebacker spot, like like you mentioned, uh, in Anthony Nelson, then then I think he makes a move. Yeah, I think, and, and you make a great point too, especially with in season additions. We saw it with the Bucks actually, because you're just learning the install for that week, and then it's mm-hmm. on you. Got to catch up with the playbook while you can and when you have time. But uh, I, I think that's hit the nail on the head. At least for the first part of training camp, they're going to give these guys the opportunity to an extent, you know, what Gil can do, right? As yep. Matt alluded to, he's a situational pass rusher, but you want to see what Andre Anthony can do. You want to see what 
what Elijah Ponder, maybe some of these younger rookies. And then after yeah. that first preseason game, nobody steps up and you're like, okay, we can't go, we can't go to war with these guys. Right. And even you still have question marks about Cam Gill. Like, can he be a guy that that can be a true number four instead of a number five? Um, then I think that's when you look at Trey Flowers, Justin Houston, those guys, probably that yeah. second to third week of training camp and say, all right, let's get them in here so they can get caught up on on some of this playbook before week one. Or as we know, vested veterans don't don't have guaranteed contracts after week one. Right. So that could also be a, a situation where, okay, we feel good going into week one. Let's, you know, let's address this position. Wink, nod, we're going to sign you. Or that could also yeah. happen with the same thing. Bring them into training camp. Release them, wink, nod. We'll sign you after week one when your when your contract's not guaranteed. So interesting, a lot of interesting possibilities. Interesting question here, more of a hypothetical from uh, Scott Federico. He says, "Why couldn't the Bucks cross train Devin White at outside linebacker to get some pass rushing reps, a la yeah. Michael Parsons? It would keep him on the field for all four downs, but limit his weak coverage reps." First of all, I think if you move Devin White outside of inside linebacker, then you got a huge question at inside linebacker. Yeah. I know we like KJ Britt, or we like what the coaching staff enjoys about KJ Britt. Right. But there's a really, really big gap with Devin White not there at inside linebacker. I'd rather just blitz him up the middle than just have him rush yeah. on the outside. And the Bucks have two pretty good outside linebackers with Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon-Shoenka. But yeah, nonetheless, and, I appreciate the question. Yeah, and it's good. I like thinking outside the box. And, you know, JC, uh, Larry Foote said that we got spoiled when when uh, Devin White had nine sacks, right, yeah. that season. And that's not the norm. It's closer to the three and a half that he got last year. I, I think he was kind of covering for Devin a little bit because Devin probably should have had nine again. He whiffed on a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even Mac Jones, who's not that mobile of a guy up there in week four against the Patriots on an A-gap blitz. But um, I, I do think that if if Devin White can get his hit ratio up enough, he's he blitzes enough right. in that A-gap that it would not surprise me if he does have a 10-sack season because I think that he is an effective blitzer. He just has got to get that hit rate up and the miss rate down. Well, especially this year. I mean, you have two ginormous presences. We talk about, you know, the outside linebackers being able to get to the quarterback more. How about the the, the linebackers with Devin White and Levante? You you got – you're going to have opportunities. And everyone's like, oh, hopefully Todd Bowles doesn't blitz that much. Maybe he tones it down a bit. When you add Akeem Hicks in the mix, and you know that him and Vita are taking up at least three guys – on every on any given down, right? That opens up a lot of room for a guy like Devin White to get to the quarterback. I mean, last year he had four sacks, um, and his pass he had a good pass rush grade. Mm-hmm. As far as his total quarterback hits, the PFF has him at 14 hits, so four mm-hmm. sacks, 14 hits. That's a lot of room for improvement there. Scott, I think I found your other six sacks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. 14 hits to get right. to 10. So definitely yeah. a possibility. My goodness, I can't yeah. wait to see this defensive line and what they allow the, the rest of the, the, these off uh, defenders to do because it's going to be amazing. Yeah. It, the other uh, two guys that I had on my list, and we'll kind of go through them a little quicker because they're not as, as maybe interesting stories. Uh, and, and certainly one guy hasn't done enough yet. But um, Rashad Robinson, this is an interesting player, an LSU guy that that uh, Jason Light has has a the pipeline, 
a pipeline for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's, L- it's LSU and Washington and James Madison. Yeah, and, Aub- and Auburn. Yeah, in Auburn. That's right. Yeah. yeah, we've nailed the schools. And and this is an interesting guy because he actually started off in New York with the Jets with Todd Bowles. So there's some familiarity there. Certainly checks the size box in terms of what Todd Bowles likes in, in a, a, a big corner. Um, he's not a, a thick corner like you would see with Jamel Dean or Carlton Davis, for example. But, um, you know, he's got 87 tackles. 15 pass breakups, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and a forced fumble in his six years in the NFL. He joined the practice squad last year and then was promoted to the active roster with all the slew of injuries they had at the cornerback position. But, um, you know, 6'1", 177 pounds. He's fast. I mean, he, this is a fast guy. That, Friend that, of the program, Cyril Grayson Jr., said he was the fastest player on the team. That's right. Granted, they are friends, so he, yeah could have just been uh, backing up his boy there. But yeah, said he was one of the fastest guys on the team. A little bit of a career journeyman, as you said. He spent yep. some time with the Jets. He also uh, spent a little time with the 49ers and the Cowboys before going right. over to the Bucs. But definitely a guy that's been around the block or two. Obviously, speed is going to help on special teams. And yeah. when it comes down to those last couple of spots on the roster, it's all about what you can do on special teams. And we've yep. seen with the injury history of the secondary last year, by the time you get to the fourth or fifth cornerback, you're kind of, you know, crossing your fingers and holding on for dear life as it is in the first place. But it's always good to have a guy that is familiar with the system going back to bowls with the jets and obviously being here last year. So I think he'll be one of those guys right on the cusp of 52, 53, but can't rule it out. I agree. And if you look at his wrist or thumb, he he had uh, an injury that kept him out of the OTAs and, and the, the mandatory mini camp. Hopefully, he'll be ready to go by the time training camp rolls around. But um, you know, he made an impression on special teams last year as a gunner. Now he's he's got uh, you know heavy competition, right? Because the team drafted Zion McCollum. The team has penciled McCollum in there at one spot, but you need another one. And with what happened last year at the cornerback position, you can never have too many good corners, right? No. Especially in a pass happy NFL. That, that, that we've seen this league evolve to. And with Dak Prescott in week one, uh, Jameis Winston, who's, you know, right or wrong, he's a gunslinger in week two, Aaron Rodgers week three, and then you got uh, Patrick Mahomes in week four. So, I mean, that that's that's a lot of balls that are going to be, you know, coming at you in, in the secondary. So uh, if, if he does make it, it will be in special teams. He'll probably be the last cornerback on the depth chart. But, you know, he may take a – a Ross Cockrell's job, right? I mean, it might be a situation where um, he makes the team, and obviously Zion McCollum's going to make the team as well. They've added Logan Ryan, but he's going to count as a safety, but he'll have the flexibility to play corner. So there might be room for for D. Delaney, Richard Robinson, and Zion McCollum on this team behind the three starters, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, and Sean Murphy Bunting. JC, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, Robertson, he he's definitely an interesting guy. Amazing special teams player. That's his best attribute. Um, you know, he, he had a little bit more extensive playing time early in his career when he was with San Francisco and then the Giant uh, the Jets. Uh has a couple picks to his resume and you know, he he definitely can play in the league. We've seen that, but I think when they go for that spot, it's going to being injured is right off the bat, you know, hopefully it's good by training camp, but that's that's a 
a tough hill to climb once you're injured and missing some installs and, and showing coaches what you can do in the regular season. So uh, in the, in the off season. So I think he's got an outside shot for me more. I think D Delaney, I don't know if he can call him a sleeper anymore, yeah. but I think he's, he's got the best shot to round out that cornerback group, but I also make plays out. in practice, man. That's all he oh, does. Man. You know, pick after pick. Yeah. I I also can't rule out a guy like Kyler McMichael out of UNC, University of North Carolina. Um, they gave him the most guaranteed money. Uh, this team tends to try to hold on to an undrafted free agent. Last year, it was Sedarius Hutchinson. The year before that, it was Cam Gill. <laughs> Even though Sedaris Hutchinson ended up on injured reserve and didn't make the active roster, but yeah. they like to try to find those guys. And and Kyler McMichael was was the guy that they put their eggs in the basket this offseason with, giving him all the all the guaranteed money. And um, you know, we'll see what happens when camp comes around. He didn't make too many splash plays. He didn't get picked on really too much either. Mm-hmm. Um, the ball wasn't really going his way as much, so he couldn't really get a real feel of you know what he was doing in coverage but i guess that's also a real good feel of what he's doing in coverage if they're not targeting that side you know what play what the plays were or whatever if it was you know what read he was on but i think you know i think you're looking at a guy like rashad robertson kyler mcmichael don gardner another guy they have as an yeah. undrafted guy but he didn't he was out injured too he was actually right. in that picture with rashad yep. robinson injured that's Gardner so, number 36 right yep. there so it's going to be an interesting battle for that cornerback spot because, you, again, you've got Ross Cockrell, Zion's a lock. you got the top three of those guys are locked. That's four cornerbacks. Yeah. How many are they keeping? How many safeties are they keeping? Are they keeping four safeties? Are they keeping five corners? Are they keeping yeah. six? They feel like they need more help at one position than the other. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. You just mentioned picks a moment ago. Another place where you can go for some picks and you can make those picks yourself is with Underdog Fantasy and their $10 million in prizes in Best Ball Mania 3. Guys, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. You draft your team with no in-season management and you get the optimal score each week of the season. Uh, you have the best shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store now and sign up with the promo code Pewter, and Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Once again, that's uh, promo code Pewter. Draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. They also have pickums in multiple yeah. different sports, including the NHL, which you could do tonight for the Stanley Cup Final Game 4 between the Lightning and the Avs. Um, you just pick one over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog Fantasy keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em slip. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Again, use the co- promo code Pewter. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Scott, you've been uh, you've been doing that a lot, especially with the Lightning. Um, yes, I have. It's been fun, except for the fact that I I'm not winning. That's the only thing that's not fun. Oh, hey, you I'm only need one the right though. Picks. That's right. You only need that's one right. though, and you'll be right back on on yeah. track. I, w- I would much rather just the Bolts win than I win. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Guys, I got a question for you. Staying sure. 
staying on the secondary right here. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard a lot, of, and, and someone in the comments also put about the secondary needs it isn't going to improve. They're not expecting improvement. Mm -hmm. It kind of is what it is and, and whatever. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I see a great potential for improvement in this secondary, and I think injuries were a huge part of it last year. But if you look at what Carlton Davis and even Jamel Dean were able to do yeah. in an injury-plagued season, Carlton Davis still allowing the forcing the most incompletions in the league since 2019. Mm -hmm. Jamel Dean, one of the top the top cornerback in press man coverage last year, allowing the fewest yards. I, I think there's a bunch of room for improvement, but some fans, I, I still think they're they're still scarred by the injuries and scarred from, you know, the early 2020 part of the season before they turn it around, and obviously 2019 before they turn it around at the end of the season. But what are yeah, your guys' I, thoughts on the secondary? I, I think that Jamel Dean made the biggest strides last year, and I think because he played more, even though he missed parts of I want to say four or five games, I, I think that he improved the most. I think Carlton just needs to get his hands on the interceptions, right? I mean, he, he gets his hands on passes, but those end up being dropped interceptions, not even really pass breakups, right? He's not swatting the ball away. There's just some times where he just doesn't catch it. And I think right. that's where he's got to take the next step. But I, I don't, I won't say that, that Carlton improved last year. I think Carlton was just as good as he has been and, and he got paid for that. And rightly so. I just think for him to take the next step, he does everything else right. It's just, turning some of those dropped interceptions into picks. Sean Murphy bunting, the, the jury's out on him. I mean, he missed half a season. I think that stunted his growth. We'll see. But with Jamel Dean and, and Sean Murphy bunting at the cornerback position, with those guys in their, um, in, in their contract years, I, I, that motivates guys. Like that, that's, that's either pressure to perform or pressure that you succumb to. And it will be interesting to see what happens in terms of the pressure, who rises because of the pressure and who folds. Mm -hmm. And if I had to sit here and guess today, I would say Jamel Dean will rise and Sean Murphy Bunting will fold. Because, And the reason I say that is because I've heard too many times Bruce Arians talk about confidence with Sean Murphy Bunting. Maybe not so much last year, but in 2020, in the 2019 season, that was a word that was used was confidence regarding Sean Murphy Bunting. I've, I've not heard that regarding Jamel Dean. So uh, if, if a player is prone to have a lack of confidence at, at you know stages of their career, and apparently Sean Murphy Bunting has, I'm not sure how he's going to handle the pressure unless he gets off to a hot start, right? Then if he builds some momentum, he gets a, a pick in week one, a pick six, you know, in week two or three or something and gets on a roll like he did in the postseason, maybe it's a different story. Right. I think there's a lot of room for improvement with the with the corners and the safeties. And I think number one is just the fact that everyone needs to be healthy. And sure, that, that's asking a lot and you're probably not going to get that. But remember, the top three corners didn't even really get to all start together Week for 17. longevity of a game until the last game of the yeah. regular season. So that obviously had to have some type of impact uh, on the defense. And I, and I do think right. if everyone can re stay remotely healthy and not miss too much time, you're going to look at a team that was more like the 2020 season. And you look at the safety position, like Antoine Winfield Jr. 
is already a star on this team and he's going into his yeah. third season. So like right. there's still even more room for him to improve in that capacity. Yeah. And Mike Edwards, we talked about the contract year and everything like that, but Mike Edwards has already been a guy that takes the ball away. So if he continues <laughs> to do that <laughs> at a rate where he's getting all yeah. the starting reps, I just think they're like the turnover should yeah. really improve. And Carlton Davis at corner has spoken about that a lot where He's a couple of interceptions away from being an all pro. He said he's 80% yeah. all pro and the 20% just needs to be the interceptions. Yeah. So I for think the there's Buck a lot fans, of room for improvement. I agree. I think for the Buck fans out there, the one, I'll say that the two big takeaways as it pertains to the secondary, because we I saw some, some uh, posts in the chat that, yeah, the pass rush is part of it, right? And the more, right. more pressure you get for some errant throws, the picks come, et cetera. And, and not just that, but, uh, if you can get to the quarterback, it, that's that's different than than that quarterback having all day to throw in a comfortable pocket, waiting for the receivers to get open, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got defensive backs in the Especially trail position. Stacks are backing up. Yeah, right. So um, the two takeaways that I got from, especially talking to the coaches during this off season, were number one, the emphasis on interceptions. Right, Th that's a big emphasis. With Jamel Dean, he talked about that. With Carlton Davis, he talked about that. Sean Murphy Bunting as well. So you know that that's been a point of emphasis from Todd Bowles down to Kevin Ross to the players themselves because that's what they're parroting. That's what they're they're echoing. The other thing, too, is, and, and even Anton Winfield with the safeties, right? I mean, the emphasis, we heard it from, from Nick Rapone, is to get six or seven picks for him. We, we know, like you said, Matt, aptly put, if Mike Edwards is on the field more, you're going to get more interceptions because he is a ball hawk. So I would not be surprised at all with the emphasis that they're putting on getting interceptions if those numbers don't go up this year. The other thing, too, is with Bob Sanders coming in as the new outside linebackers coach, he's really working on, on finding that extra second, that extra step, the extra inch in the pass rush. That, that can go from getting a pressure to getting a hit and from getting a hit to getting a sack. And so I'm, I'm excited to see the, the sacks go up and the interceptions go up because when that happens, it's been proven the Buccaneers win Super Bowls. So I, I, I think those were my two big takeaways from listening to the coaches and the players this offseason. I, I love that answer too, especially how we how we tied in the safeties too to that defensive back group, not just the the corner because mm -hmm. a couple of my sleepers are actually safeties. I don't know if you guys have them on your uh, have them on. I your had list. I yeah. had one in mind, but I know uh, he's your guy. So right, well, here I, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna wrap up my guys, and we're gonna get to your guys here before we end the show. Cool. Um, uh, one, I just had a great segue. <laughs> I know that was a very good segue, and, and <laughs> I've learned and, from Matt. Yeah, that's how I, was I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, we're not going to spend a bunch of time talking about this guy. He was my third guy, Mike Green. Uh, you know, he's a pass rusher from James Madison, as you guys talked about. Uh, undrafted free agents uh, who's who's already, you know, beat out uh, a Buccaneer veteran, Kobe uh, Smith, who was <laughs> who was a, a practice squad um, uh, mainstay for the past two years. We're not sure why, but. But uh, he flashed enough as a tryout player during the rookie minicamp to get a contract. And then in, in finding a spot for him on the roster, they cut Kobe Smith. So already one notch in the belt for Mike Green, who really I thought stood out. I thought that that really out of the, the reserve guys, his skill set 
Uh, and I, I mean, I, I like Benning Potawahi. I think he's a good guy. Um, this this green kid's got a little something. I mean, I, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I think he's destined for the practice squad given the numbers that they have. Mm-hmm. But um, he might beat out a um, – uh, what's his name? A Prevalon? Well, that's where I was going to go next here. And you know I love Benning, Benning Potoa'i. I think he's a yeah. great player. But Willington Prevalon surprised me because when we were there inside the bubble, when they were doing their, their – um, on the last day of minicamp when mm-hmm. they were doing their practice, he was actually getting the third team reps ahead of a guy like uh, Dedrin Sanat. I still can't say his name. Sanat ahead of Benning yeah. and ahead of Mike Green. Well, uh, of course ahead of, because he's an undrafted yeah. rookie, but I was surprised to see him getting those snaps ahead of those guys. So yeah. one of the veteran guy and another one who's been here for two years. So it'd be, well, I wouldn't put a bunch of stock in, in that necessarily. Um, well, I'm not, but I'm yeah. No, that's it's it's noteworthy, right? Like that's those right. are things we look for. And I'm not I'm not knocking your your take on that. I I agree. I look for those things too. But um, I'm just not a fan of his game. And, and listen, I know that the Bucks front office they like him. I mean, there's a reason why they cut him. I'm sorry, why they cut Kobe Smith rather than Prevalon. You know, they they like him better. I just don't see it when I when I see him hit the bags. He looks. <laughs> soft to me yeah it's it's like it's like that it's not a flap it's like a little tap it's like a, like you're playing two hand touch so we'll see when the pads come on if he's more physical before we get to your guys um sleepers on the defensive side as we round out the show uh we didn't get to this news item yesterday and so i want to get your your guys take on it uh, before we round out our sleeper conversation buccaneers are expanding their stadium raymond james stadium is going to have 3,600 extra seats in that south end zone. And uh, uh, it's it's going to essentially be what they've used for previous Super Bowls. Now for the 2020 Super Bowl, when the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs, they didn't have this extra seating because that was the COVID year. They didn't need it because the stadium was was not at near full capacity due to social distancing, et cetera. But in the, I think the 2017 college football playoff, the Alabama-Clemson mm-hmm. game, that was a game where they had this extra seating. It's temporary seating. They're bleachers, but they just kind of install them, you know, as needed. And it does boost the attendance uh, up to just under 70,000. So it would be a little bit louder. And I saw an interesting question on Twitter. The South End Zone is kind of notorious for the, the winds and, and all of that, right? Now, Ryan Suckup did not struggle in the south end zone like matt gay did but i wonder how this is going to affect the winds right because you've got a little bit less airway going through there because this this is a stadium seating is blocking that kind of common area where people would would from the 300 levels would come down and congregate after they got their concessions but what are your guys thoughts on the cruise nest which is what they're calling it twenty seven hundred dollars a pop per seat yeah, I, I'm all for it. As you said, that they've done this before with more national games like the Super Bowl and and the College Football National Championship. So I'm all for it. You hear Bucks fans left and right; they're always talking about, "Ah, oh, I got to go see Tom Brady." Especially this might be his last year. Yeah. Well, you add more seats, more people right. can go and see Tom Brady. So I think it's great. And it's funny, the Bucks have had the kicker issues for the longest time until Suckup got here, right. and that's out end zone. 
Who knows? They could have just changed it on their own by adding in more seeds and <laughs> changing the airways that way. You know, they could have come back in. solved their own problem a long, a long time ago. But I think it's great. It gives uh, more fans an opportunity to to get into the stadium and see their favorite team. So I'm, I'm all for you it. Know, we'll see how it looks aesthetically. Uh, obviously, the more fans you can get in there to make the uh, uh, you know the stadium louder, obviously the better. Hoping that. Fans continue to go after Tom Brady leaves so they can sell it out because, you know, they're not going to have an issue now. Um, But I think, uh, you know, part of I I liked how that was like open and you could see out a little bit. So, I mean, you're kind of closing it in a little bit more, but we'll see how they how they change it up and, and, you know, make it look because they had that huge area there where they had the bar and they had, yeah. you know, the WDAE set up for when they were there and mm-hmm. all sorts of different. So how much is that going to, how is that going to take away from that? Is it yeah. going to be clearly a walkway now? It'll be interesting to see yeah. what they do with it, but yeah, obviously you get more fans in there to pack the stadium. Blazers louder for harder for the opposing team. Yeah. Why right. not? You know, I mean, the thing is, 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 um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's only going to be for one year because I think I think the the uh, attendance is probably going to recede a little bit once Brady's gone. Um, that that's only going to be natural, or it just depends. I mean, who knows who's going to be under center in um, uh, in in 2023? Um, you know, it, it probably will be. I mean, if you're basing it just on like the best looking quarterback, it's probably going to be Blaine <laughs> Gabbert, obligatory Blaine Gabbert photo for the day. Um, you know, I think Tom Brady wants that. You can see him. He's like tagging him. It's like a tag team wrestling match. It's like, all right, Blaine, you're in. So we'll see if it's going to be him or Trask or, uh, as Bruce Aarons would say, you know, who's behind, uh, uh, door number C, right? If you have Blaine behind a and Trask behind B who is behind door number three. So, uh, we'll see guys, uh, who are some of your other sleepers we haven't covered yet? We have a couple more minutes left here in the show. So I had two safeties and two linebackers, but one of them I know for a fact JC has, so I won't mention that guy. But uh, one of the safeties I have is Chris Cooper, who was on yeah. the team last year, played his college football at Stony Brook. <clears throat> uh, he initially Where's Stony made Brook, Matt? It's on Long Island. What? One of two <laughs> safeties last year that were from Stony yeah. Brook. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Augie Contressa as well. He didn't. Uh, who? Uh, Augie, Augie Contressa. Contressa. A- Come on, Matt. Give me a New York Augie Contressa. Augie Contressa. Augie Contressa. Linebacker out of Stony Brook. From where? From from Long Island. Stony Brook, Long Island. Get out of here. Yeah, forget about it. Forget about it. But I want you to remember Chris Cooper because he made the team originally (laughs) on the 53-man roster. Um, He got cut shortly after that. But he made the team because of great special teams play during the preseason. He had one play i think it was the last game against the texans where he leaped he he was doing like the michael jordan logo he leaped yeah. to the end zone threw the ball back and was able to that's right uh, keep it from being a touchback very yeah. nice play he might have had a turnover as well but you know the bucks are pretty much set at safety but he could be somewhat of a you know andrew adams type of replacement i know yeah. they got some veteran guys back there but the fact that the bucks already know who he is and he made the initial 53 man roster before going to the practice squad yeah. someone to keep your eye on <clears throat> the two other guys i have are linebackers that were both undrafted free agents and i know bucks are pretty much set at linebacker yeah. we know levante david devin white kj Britt, and uh, grant stewart but remember the bucks kept five linebackers last year with Kevin Minter 
as well. Now, there's a good chance that the Bucs could sign a veteran line, inside linebacker, much like we've talked about with signing a veteran tight end or a veteran right. outside linebacker. So if they do that, this kind of scraps the whole idea. But um, no, I mean, JJ, you're talking about guys that could end up on the practice squad, right? Yeah, you, exactly. You never know. Yeah. JJ Russell out of Memphis had 123 tackles last year uh, in his final year, six and a half tackles for loss, one forced fumble. The other guy, uh, another Rutgers player, a Shiano man, is yeah. uh. Olakunle Farukasi. Farukasi, yeah. A little difficult mm-hmm. to pronounce. Yeah. But um, he had not as many tackles, but a little bit more of the splash plays uh, in his yeah. college career than I would say Russell had. In 2020, he had 90 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, uh, three sacks, and a forced fumble. Uh, also scored a touchdown in 2018. And in 2021, he had 85 tackles, two and a half sacks, and uh, 11 tackles for loss so a little bit more of the the splash plays that you wanted to see there but russell just a tackling machine so two guys to keep your eye on i know cyril grayson jr uh mentioned kind of both of them he said like 51 Mm -hmm. stood out to him but then he was like oh it's a guy that starts with an o so still not (laughs) sure if cyril means russell or uh farukasi but either way one of them is impressing uh on the team and farukasi's brother plays for the Jets. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Or no, Florida Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> uh, switching back to the secondary, mm-hmm. the two guys. I got two guys too there, and one of them wasn't Chris Cooper, uh, maybe because yeah. he's you know not a Long Island guy like Matt yeah. is. But uh, I think one guy who kind of lower on the radar, Nolan Turner, guy from Clemson, special yeah. teams beast last year. Um, he was just a great all around safety. Uh, Bucks really liked them, gave him some, I think, $15,000 in guaranteed money uh, as a signing bonus to come play. Uh, Great demeanor, great attitude, spoke with him at at rookie minicamp. He's got an uphill battle, of course. Uh, It depends on how many safeties they want to keep on the roster, if they want to keep how how they – you know, denote Logan Ryan as safety or cornerback. Right. But the guy who I think has got a much better chance, and I think he might even have a better chance to beat out Chris Cooper if they do keep, uh, mm-hmm. you know, four slash five safeties, is a guy, and I'll give you my accent, Troy Warner. I think Troy Warner. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a guy, the Bucks really like him. He was on he's the practice good, squad last year. He was on the practice. Yeah, right. His brother, Fred Warner for the yeah. 49ers, one of the mm-hmm. best li- inside linebackers, if not the best in the game right now. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, Fred Warner actually was talking about his brother, said he's the more talented brother in the family when it comes to football. So little mm-hmm. something to look out for there. But okay. uh, they they had him protected almost the entire year in the practice. That's squad. true. That's definitely players. worth noting. Yeah. You know, they and they protected him almost the entire year. I think it was yep. a total of like eight or nine times. So they right. like him. They didn't want him to get scooped up. Um, and he's a guy who has switched jerseys too. He is your new oh. number 33. Yeah, taking over yeah. New Jordan, Jordan Whitehead. Whitehead. <laughs> right. So, I mean, we might not have Jordan Whitehead, but you might still see number 33 out there if they okay. go with four linebackers, uh, four safeties. So, and he's one of them. So, those are the two guys along with Chris Cooper. Watch out for the safety room. I think. The safety room is one of the deepest on this team this year with yeah. potential and also just guys who know how to play. Uh, well, Nolan Turner. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say Nolan Turner also um, has football in the family. His late dad, Kevin, played eight years in the uh, in the NFL and was an All-American in 2012. Well, Nolan Turner was an All-American in 2020. So just yeah. a little uh, little fact for you there. Yeah, well, listen. When you, when you're talking about um, you know all American guys, uh, the folks over at over at Amuni Financial, 
um, can help you. They're they're basically, I think, the guys that should be on your team when it comes to helping you with your finances. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Speaking of Colorado, I hope the Bolts go back to Colorado with the series tied up. That's what I'm hoping for. You Me know? too. And listen, if you're hoping for some great financial advice, well, you've come to the right people. Because managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. Folks, you, you hear me talk about this all the time, week in and week out on the Peter Report podcast. I'm asking you to do me a favor today. Do what I did. Call Immuni Financial, even if you already have a financial advisor. It's always great to get a second opinion, right? Because this is your money we're talking about. This is your retirement account. This is your, your brokerage and your, your uh, advisory accounts. This is your college savings accounts for your kids. This is your your insurance services. So let the folks at Immuni Financial help you. They've got over 40 years of experience here in the Tampa Bay area. They can help you across the country, too. You don't have to live in Florida, but they're going to help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Check them out on the web, immuni.com. That's A-M-U-N-I.com, or give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. They're the guys that you're going to want on your team. Funny Guys, I had Troy Warner too. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. I, you I know crossed what? them off the list. Yes, yesterday's show was epic, right? It's a show we didn't want to do. It was, it was, uh, you know, sad to to report the news of Rob Gronkowski, um, but it really was the best Peter Report podcast we've done until today. Today's show, the best Peter Report podcast ever. I'm going to give J.C. Allen some credit there for for joining us. Matt and I, I think we always do a, a pretty top-notch job. We appreciate all of the likes and thumbs up that we get from all of our Pewter Report subscribers and viewers. If you're not a subscriber yet, what are you waiting for? Go to YouTube, click on our Pewter Report TV channel, and hit the subscribe button. It's free. It's not like a real subscription. It's just you click the button. And you can also click the notifications button. That way, when we go live, you're going to get a notification on your phone. Hey, tune in to Matt and JC and Scott and all the other Pewter Reporters that are going to be doing the Peter Report podcast. We do them every um, day, Monday through Thursday at 4 o'clock Eastern time, live during the week, during the offseason. That will change a little bit once training camp gets here. And, of course, the, the season, we have a different schedule. We'll get to that later. But uh, we ask that you hit the like button on all of our videos, not just the Peter Report podcast, but also the clips of our shows, the interviews that Matt puts up on our Peter Report YouTube channel. And uh, that helps us. It helps us get in front of more pewter people just like you so we appreciate everybody out there who has subscribed if you haven't done it it's not too late hit that subscribe button and hit the like button on our videos guys this was a fast fun show greatly appreciate it for jc allen and matt matera i'm scott reynolds saying thank you for joining us and we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the pewter report